pastor has requested that we have another ministerial round robin. Amen. And so it is a privilege that uh, I will be going first, and then I'm just going to be handing the mic to whoever the Lord tells me to hand the mic to. And and pretty much those that have uh, gone through a round robin before, it, it teaches ministry and it teaches aspiring ministry a certain set of parameters. First, pastor has given us a time limit, so we're going to stay with the seven and a half minutes. That teaches submission and obedience. Amen. Secondly, we start with one verse. And that teaches the minister to be sensitive. Literally, right now, I had a scripture, and, you know, pastor told us, I said, okay, Lord, you know, you're preparing scriptures, but, okay, what do you want me to say? Should I just pull from an archive that I've been preparing, or, God, is it going to be something fresh? And and this particular scripture, the Lord laid it on my heart. I said, all right, Lord, where am I going to go with it? You could ask evangelists. You could ask Elder Phillips. I'm like, okay, Lord, where is it going to go with it? What? What that teaches you in the round robin is a sensitivity and being and being prayed up and, and being ready. The Bible says that you have to be instant in season and out of season. Amen. And and how it goes is that we don't have a meeting of the minds that said, Okay, you're first, I'm second, you're third, I'll talk about this and this and this. All we have is the scripture. That's it. And that teaches us to be submissive on the time limit, and that teaches us to be obedient to the voice of God and to be sensitive and to be ready. Amen. And it's exciting and it's beautiful because it's spiritually organic, meaning that God is in it. God moves and God connects it and he connects the tissues of the sermons here tonight. Amen. So it is a privilege and an honor. I give honor to the Lord, my God, tonight. I give honor to my pastor for entrusting us with the remainder of the service. I give honor to my man man of God and my mentor and appreciate all his teaching and all he's done for our church over the years. Amen. Please pray for me tonight because it's literally a verse. And as a minister, you pray to God. God, crack open this verse. I'm waiting for God to crack it open. God, help us tonight in Jesus' name. 1 Kings chapter 13, verses 11 through 18. I know it's several scriptures, but it brings a foundation. Amen. We are in the time of the kings. We are in the times of the split of the children of Israel are about to happen. And it said, Now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel. And his sons came and told him of all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. And the words that he had spoken unto the king, them they told also to their father. And their father said unto them, Which way did he went? Or went he? For his sons had seen what way the man of God went and came from Judah. And he said unto his sons, Saddle me a donkey. And they saddled him a donkey and rode thereon. And went after the man of God and found him sitting under the oak tree, or excuse me, under an oak. And he said unto him, Art thou the man of God that camest to Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said unto him, Come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with thee, nor go with thee, neither will I eat bread nor drink water with thee in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord that thou eat no bread, nor drink, nor turn again to go by the way that thou camest. And he said unto him, I am a prophet also, thou art. And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee to thy house, that he may eat and drink water. But he lied to him. Amen. If we fit our Bibles down tonight, can we begin to lift our voice in this house? 
Can we let the word of God just begin to saturate this atmosphere? Lord God, and Jacob, your, your word, God, is quick and it is fierce and sharper than any two-edged sword. Let it, God, begin to cut asunder things in individuals' lives or in the lives of this collective. God, we speak into life, power, love, and a sound mind here tonight in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I pray, oh Lord God, that you begin to break chains. God, anoint the ministry here tonight. God, to preach what you have laid on our hearts, God. Speak to us. God, allow us, oh Lord God, to be your voice today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We have a prophet that had done great things. No name was given. In the time of the kings, there were several prophets. Now, we have our primary major prophets and minor prophets by name. Nehemiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel. But this was an old prophet that no name was given. And here is this young man that said, I got to find this prophet who had done great things. He'd done great things in the Lord, Pastor. He'd, he did great things in the name of Yahweh. He did great exploits, but he became overconfident. Here's this young man that said, I'm to, I'm to meet with you, but I, I was told by the Lord not to bring you back to my house to eat or drink. That's what the Lord told me. But the old prophet said, no, I, you're a prophet too. I'm a prophet. The Lord told me I could go with you, but he lied. And so that prophet went with that young man. And he ate, and he drank, and he stood there, and he did disobeyed God. He lied. He became overconfident in his tenure as a man of God. He became overconfident in his tenure as a child of God. He became overconfident and assumed that he knew it all. He began to question a command from God. So I'm a prophet. I have experience. I've been in this for years. The Lord told me to go with you and eat. I want to hang out. And God said not to do that to, through this young man. The old prophet left, and on his way with his donkey, he was eaten by a lion. And the, and the donkey and the lion were there by what was left of this prophet. What I'm saying here tonight is we've got to be careful in our tenure not to assume too much. We've got to be careful... When our pastor tells us to do something that we think that we are such theologians and so in tune with God that we countermand or counterattack or counteroperate what God has told us through our pastor. We've seen the destruction of individuals too many times. The word of God begins to move on our pastor and say, oh, you shouldn't do this. You should do this. This is what the word of God says. No. I've been an apostolic for so many years. I've been an apostolic for weeks. I prayed in tongues last week. I danced at the altar last week. I, I do this and I do that. And I come to church every service. But if we are not careful, we begin to assume. And we become like the prophet. Have you noticed that that prophet did not have a name? He didn't have a legacy. We've got to be careful in these last days. It says that we have to be careful not to blow with winds of doctrine. That includes the doctrine of ourselves. We begin to operate in our carnality, and we begin to operate in our assumptions when the Word of God is plain. That's why we have to study to show thyself approved, rightly dividing the Word of God. Because to find the heart of God, you've got to study and know His Word. But if we're not careful, we lean on our emotions and our thoughts and our rationalization and our feelings when the Word of God is facts. Facts don't care about feelings. Because the Word of God is the ultimate fact. 
and it's in individuals that begin to operate in feelings instead of the word of God and facts, it leads them down to a road of destruction like this old prophet because he assumed that he was in the right place. First off, he lied to the man. He lied to God. And he was disobedient to the word of God. I'm thankful that when I walk out to my truck, there's not lions waiting for me. Because to be honest, I would have been eaten a few times. Man, I would have been a smorgasbord for a bunch of lions. And a whole pride would have came and eaten me up. But praise God for grace and mercy. It's imperative that we listen to our pastor and it is imperative that we listen to what God has told us to do and not assume because it leads to our destruction. Without knowledge, it leads to destruction. Knowledge says that I have to submit myself to my pastor. Knowledge through the word of God tells me I have to be submissive of whatever he tells me because I know it comes from God. Even though if it hurts my feelings or rubs me the wrong way, I can't be the old prophet. Because if we're not careful, there is a roaring lion walking around seeking whom he may devour. Amen. How many young people have we left because they assumed and they lied to themselves? How many seasoned apostolics have we lost because they lied and assumed that they knew exactly what God wanted when it was countermanding what God told our pastor? Here a moment, backslid another. Fervent and zeal one moment, backslidden the other. It's because they have lied to themselves and there is an operation of assumption. Assumption in every circumstance will get you in trouble. I want my name remembered. I don't care if I've been living for God for 60 years or the 16 years that I've lived for God. I've got to ensure that I'm submissive to the word of God and to my pastor in every facet. Because I want my name remembered, not just the old apostolic. I don't want to be in this so long that I assume and I'm eating on my next road. God allowed that to happen. And he allows Satan to move if we are not careful. God... Help us to hear your voice, even if it comes through our pastor. Amen. Can you hear me now? The question is, who's the prophet in your life? Can I say without getting stoned that the first prophet was the devil when he came to Adam and Eve and tried to proclaim the word but he mixed the word up and he lied so when this prophet lied all this prophet did was follow the lead of the first prophet and what happens is when I will walk with God we have what we think are prophets in our life because there are a lot of people that know the word of God that can speak the word of God but never live the word of God so just because somebody tell you something in the word and they're very proficient in the word how is the example that they're showing you you see because I've read my Bible numerous times and I found, well, there's been a whole lot of prophets throughout the Bible. In fact, the Bible speaks of the prophets of Baal. So you can have prophets of God and you can have prophets of the devil, but you've got to be able to discern which one is which. Because if I know the word, then I know when he's lying. 
But if I don't know the word, I don't know whether or not he's lying. And the problem when this scripture with Brother John just brought forth is what a prophet of God who should have been hearing from God heard from another man who said he was a prophet and was foolish enough to follow the man rather than follow God. And I want to tell you tonight, don't be foolish to follow a man, but follow God. Because as long as the man that is behind the pulpit is preaching the word, the unadulterated truth of the word, you're not following the man, you're following God. Because the word cannot lie. The word is truth. And you know what? The devil is what? The father of lies. And that rascal is so good that he tell you some stuff and you begin to believe it. But you know, I've learned something in my walk with God. That every time the devil tells me something, I know it's opposite of what he told me. If he tells me I'm no good, I know that I'm good. If he tells me I'm a failure, I know that I'm successful. So that old lying prophet ain't going to lie to me. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is one of those scriptures that you got to be real careful about because you've got to understand what it's saying here. Um, there is, you've got to be very, very careful, very, very careful with this scripture because you've got to read some of the verses before what we read tonight and some of the verses afterwards. And, and I just want to kind of sum up what the brethren have said. This was a test. It was a test because in the preceding verses, this young prophet had encountered other people that he had taken the word of the Lord to. And those people also said, come home with me. The king said, come home with me. Let's have dinner together. Come home with me. There were two other accounts where he was tempted. The, the opportunity was there, but he was strong. He was strong because, you know, I don't mean any harm, but... Uh, Brother Jacob, you're kind of young compared to me. And so I, you tell me, come home and I'll fix your dinner. I'm like, whatever, bless your heart. And I'm going home. But, but you let somebody who is a peer, who is somebody that I trust, somebody that, that is on my level, shall I say. I'm not, I'm not trying to say I'm better than him. I'm just older. And somebody who's my peer and on my level, I let my guard down. And I believe that I can trust that person because we have a commonality. We're in the ministry together. And we're here together. We're apostolics together. We're not novices. We're, we're, we're in this together. And so because of that, I let my guard down, even though all before that, I was passing every test. Every time somebody tempted me, I passed it. I passed it. But now it got to somebody that was familiar to me and I could relate to them. Then I let my guard down. And the Bible says that once that young prophet came back home with the old prophet, then the word of the Lord fell on the old prophet and said, you should have heard and obeyed the voice of the Lord your God. And because you disobeyed God, your carcass is going to fall and you're never going to make it home. You did not pass the test because in the moment of your greatest trial you got confused and forgot what God said. And God is not the author of confusion and I tell you what my pastor always says, God is not going to contradict his word. If he said don't go home with anybody, don't go home with anybody. And if that peer, if that one on your level doesn't understand that you'd rather obey God than them, then they're not really your friend and they're not really with you. You've got to understand you've got to pass the test because your life is...
on it. Your life is depending on it. You've got to obey God. You've got to make sure that every step that I'm taking is lining up with the word of God. And I'm not going to contradict the word of God. i got to be so sensitive. I can't let my guard down because that's what the adversary wants. This is a test. It's a test. Are you going to pass the test? I can handle it with Jacob. You just on the front row. I can handle it with Jacob. Not a, not a test, not a threat. Oh, but you let Sister D, good Sister D, you're not evil. Sister D said, you come on out with me uh, and come home with me when I know God has said don't. I'm not passing the test. The question is, who are you listening to? That's the question. Who are you listening to? Who are you going to follow? Are you going to obey God? And I tell you, doesn't Pastor always say it's better to err on the side of caution? And you think, well, Sister D's all right. I like Sister D. We've been friends a long time, and it would have been all right. But no, 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 you've got to err sometime on the side of caution if you're not sure because I want to pass. I'd rather know that I could have. Then to come to find out I should have never gone there. I should have never been there. I should have never done that because I got to pass the test. Because if I don't, I may not make it home. And the Bible says if you read further in that scripture, that his carcass fell. He didn't make it back to his house. Simply because he let the familiarity of the person talking to him and the position that he held hold him back knowing what God said. Knowing, and please don't go to left field with this scripture. Real easy, and, and I know I'm kind of winding down, but don't go to left field with this scripture and you think that you know more than a pastor does. That is not what this scripture means. What it means is whatever God said, I'm going to do. I'm going to hunker down. Even if I don't understand it, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to start marching until he says stop. I don't know why he said march, but I'm going to march. And if that's what we're supposed to do, that's what we're going to do. Because God, is, God will test you. God will allow you to be tested. Let me put it that way. God will allow you because you've got to make your calling and your election sure. Amen. Somebody's got to praise the Lord. I knew he praise.